What up, everyone? We are back with another Real Bucks Talk live stream. It's Monday, so that means we're back talking some football. And Mark, we got my man Mark, uh, my co-host, as always. How are you doing? Always good. It's always good, good. to talk about football. I'm, I'm still riding that wave of Super Bowl feeling. Yeah, so, and as you guys can see, we're joined by a very special guest, a good friend of ours, Ken Barrett. How are you doing, my man? It's it's awesome to have you finally on our show and uh, ready to talk some football. Oh, yeah. It's nice to be on this side of things. Generally, just me, me and Gene chumming it up and then Mike just joining. But now, you know, I get to hang out with Mark for the first time and, you know, really chumming up with you all. And uh, obviously, y'all have some great, great breakdowns you all are doing. And I'm um, excited to, you know, talk football with both of you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we get started into the football, I mean, Ken, just give a little background of yourself. I mean, um, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, just your, your fandom of the Buccaneers and, and like what you've been up to over the you know last couple of years through this time. And now just, you know, a little speak on, you know, the championship being champions. I mean, how does that feel? Oh, I mean, oh, let's start with fandom first before we get it. Let's end with the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so um, to those of you who don't know, I did play college football. I actually played high school football over in uh, Tampa at Berkeley Prep. Uh, played with Nelson Aguilar, you know, got to, got to, you know, experience some really good times. Only played one year of high school football before playing uh, football in college at Bucknell. Um, right around the time I committed is when Greg Schiano became the Bucks head coach. And he actually went to Bucknell. So there was a lot of, you know, familiarity and a lot of stuff going on. And um, unfortunately for Greg, obviously things didn't work out. But um, when he didn't uh, coach the Bucks, he was actually coaching at Berkeley. Mm -hmm. So when I helped coach during the summers and then after my graduation, he was even still there when he was like an assistant for the Patriots and stuff um, in Ohio State. Like he wasn't working full time at that point. And um, he was still working at the school. Um, I learned a lot from him, learned a lot about football. And um, I really what I tell people is I really didn't love football until I got to college. Um, there's a, it, it's a full-time job. Um, I played baseball and basketball. Michael and I have talked about this off, off camera, uh, but you know, there's not a lot of scholarship money in baseball. And, uh, so that's when I dip my toes in football. There's a lot of money out there, a lot of really good scholarship opportunities. Um, so once I actually got to college, the first couple months were hard, but then I really enjoyed it. And then unfortunately, you know, injuries happen. Um, baseball player had shoulder injuries going into college that didn't work out. Um, was able to though in order to you know pay out pay off my scholarship in a sense what I did was I was like an assistant coach worked in the film room helped with you know recruiting and you know looking at high school tape uh so you know when people say like you can't really make it you know not enough hours in the day um I'm someone who never thought I'd you know write about uh sports uh, that's what I normally or originally did um my fiance actually is the one who told me to get a Twitter account. Um, I hadn't used it. I quit using Twitter like four years ago. Um, just never used it, never talk sports, um, only with like friends and, you know, cl close, uh, you know, confidants and everything like that. Um, always thought like people didn't agree with me for the most part, but, uh, as soon as, you know, I got a Twitter, got, got on there. Um, Peter Plank actually reached out to me, but it's funny how the world comes full circle. Um, so I was able to write and then um, leverage that to, you know, get a, get on a co-host job with Gene, uh, real, um, excuse me, at Buck What You Heard, and um, love talking more than I do writing. Um, in general, you can just do so much. I mean, what you both do with your videos, obviously, sometimes um, when it comes to just writing, it's hard to articulate 
all of that, you know, work mm -hmm. and, you know, nuance into uh, dummy down into specific words um, because it takes a lot of, you know, time, effort, and really just being in the game, getting the lingo, uh, learning the different kinds of systems and everything that there is out there. So I, hopefully Gene, you know, keeps me on for the long term because right now I'm one for one on years with podcasts with him and a Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I joined the uh, Trevor Sycamore bandwagon. I was a teacher down in Florida after graduation, moved up to North Carolina. And um, ever since the race, you know, the Bucks, the Lightning, everyone's just gone up. So I've, I made a deal with everyone in Tampa that I will not be in Tampa during any playoff scenario. <laughs> um, I was in Tampa when the when the Rays lost to the Dodgers in the World Series, visiting family, and then um, you know was in town for like holidays and stuff. But thankfully, there's no real holidays to be around in January, February. So I'll be in North Carolina for every playoff scenario going on. But, but <laughs> seeing the Bucks win a Super Bowl, man, I was I was nine years old when they won the first one. Uh, I actually some the cool story: Rich Basashi's daughter was in my grade. And uh, at the same school as me. Um, so he was able to bring a bunch of players and stuff. And around eight, that was when I probably became a, a Bucks fan in general. Um, like a year or two before that Super Bowl, you know, I loved like Mike Allstott, loved, you know, any sort of, you know, the, the game was different, you know, 18 years ago. Um, John Lynch, all that hard hitting, you know, rough housing, uh, hated Warren Sapp as a person. Um, <laughs> like if you, I mean, if, if you talk to anyone, you know, yeah. who plays basketball in the Tampa Bay area, um, Warren, Warren's been around for a long time playing basketball mm -hmm. for many years. So, um, mm -hmm. my dad is really good at basketball. So I was able to, you know, see him and, you know, see him at a young age. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't into that, but, um, so many, you know, wealth and knowledge that I've learned from so many people. Um, you know, I'm guesting on this pod, I've guested on other podcasts for multiple teams, NFL draft. Um, so it's always fun to be able to talk about this. But now every time I'm on for the next year, Super Bowl winning, you know, podcaster, you know, <laughs> there you <Bucks>. go. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy how everything worked out. Um, everyone knows that I have a Byron Leftwich affiliation of hatred. Um, <laughs> then, then like the way he called plays. But then he comes out and calls probably the best Super Bowl game plan any coach has probably ever called in any game as a Bucks coach. So, I mean, hats off. I hope they figured out everything, um, but it's just great to just take it in. I, I don't, I don't think it's still even sunk in yet. When I look at these prospects, like we're going to talk about drafting stuff. I mean, it's hard to play that game in your head. Oh, do I want to take that guy to help us this year? Or do I want that guy to, you know, in two years, three years from now, be able to be at a pro bowl, you know, all pro kind of caliber player. And I think that's the fun game that we're all going to have in the next couple of weeks until the draft kicks off. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was a, that was a great, that was a great story, man. And it, um, I mean, how about like, uh, what, what do you think? Were you better at football or were you better at, at baseball? Well, I'll, I'll let you all uh, let Brett Phillips answer that question for you. Um, okay. He's, he's been in my Twitter uh, hyping me up for how I was as a baseball player growing up. Um, I think it's one of my pinned tweets. Um, you know, awesome. baseball was my sport growing up, uh, you know, no people like Lance McCullers, you know, RIP Jose Fernandez. Mm. Um, these were all the people on my travel teams. Um, but like it, injuries happen no matter right. what happens. And the, the fact that I'm six foot seven and I was able to 
leverage that into, you know, yes, I had to gain some weight, learn offensive line, which is not an easy position. No. Let me tell you, if you look, if you watch my high school highlights and then go look at Nelson's, uh, you know, senior year highlights, you'll, you'll see some mistakes by me. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm one to tell you, but um, there's a lot that, you know, goes into the offensive line position. So I was really proud of all the work that I put in and was able to leverage that into a starting role in college for a year. Talk a glass of water, my man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you go on those 10 minute walks. You got to stretch those legs out. Dude, this whole COVID life, like I don't get up these days that much. I have to, like we said, appreciate, like I have to like force myself up, you know, take some walks, get out. Wow. No, I, <laughs> I can't tell that behind a camera. I mean, damn. Yeah, I can't get a standing desk because it's hard to find one that even goes up that supports it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even want to ask how much that would be either way. But uh, no, the, the worst part of it's planes. That's, that's all I can say. Oh, is planes right. are the worst part about being tall. I'm appetite. I can still barely fit in a plane. But, yeah. <laughs> but I guess let's let's talk some Bucks news then. So oh, everyone, let's do it. Everyone was all in the chat. First things first, Gio Giovanni, sir. So there's a whole bunch of Geos. Obviously, I'm like, who's Geo? Who's this guy? <laughs> I know who it is. Let's just go over the best dash in the league, Giovanni Bernard. Let's check him out. So. He signs a one-year deal to play with old Tom Brady, the old the old goat. He's only 29. Last year, in 10 games, started. Then, I mean, there's nothing crazy with his numbers: 416 yards rushing, three touchdowns. And then receiving. This is where he's going to be utilized here in Tampa Bay. So he had 47 catches, 355 yards, almost eight per catch, three touchdowns. So, where do you see him fitting in? I mean, again, we talked talked about this pre, I guess, live stream. What do you see? Man, I mean, look at look at who we have: Lenny Fournette, Lombardi Lenny. We have Arnold Jones, who people think he should be the lead dog. He should be getting every carry. And then you have some saying, "Oh, he can't catch a damn ball." And now you get a guy who can catch the ball, Giovanni Bernard, the stash. I mean, and then you have Keyshawn Vaughn. So you're loaded there. And then then the question of running back in the draft. So we're pretty loaded at running back. What do you think of Giovanni Bernard coming onto the Buccaneers? He might be the oldest 29-year-old I've ever seen because I feel like I've been using Geo in fantasy for like 10 or 15 years now. Um, he's that like PPR guy. Um, you, you threw out his numbers. I mean, he's not going to – he's like James White in the sense he's not going to break the world rushing the ball. That's not what he's here for. What's nice about Geo is over even, let's say, James White, I think he offers a little bit more in the pass protection realm, um, which overall, you know, that's that's what – Bruce Arians wants. He wants that probably even more so than a guy who can catch. And thankfully, Gio can do both. Um, he is not a guy, though, to lean first and second down in the running game. Um, he is third down, two-minute situation. Um, anyone who knows who owned Joe Mixon in, let's say, a fantasy league last year knows Gio when pushed into a starting role. He can't handle that. But when you have guys like even Keyshawn Vaughn, um, you mentioned you know Lenny and Rojo, both guys capable of running between the tackles pretty well. Keyshawn offers that little bit of, like Leonard, like a little bit of both, you know, running the ball and catching. But, um, you know, Vaughn had a rough rookie year. There's no two cents about it. I think he, I mean, I just watched the uh, Chicago Pairs game right before this podcast. Um, I've watched each game probably 16 times now. So I pretty much know each game in and out. Um, but when Vaughn makes that fumble, you know, it was right before the half. He basically got blindsided. Brady probably should have just ate that pass. He also had another fumble later in the year 
where he basically, you know, he was that close to the ground before the ball got knocked out. I mean, he dealt with COVID as a rookie in the preseason. He also flashed too. I mean, he had some really good plays in the Chargers game. Um, you know, he wasn't asked to do that much, but in a second year, he's also an older running back. He's 24, 25. So he's around even the same age of kind of like what Rojo is. He's a guy who's very mature. If he's your number four running back, I think you're okay. And I know we might not be taking a running back at 32. I think right now, if you were, it's Najee or bust at this point. I don't think you need ETN. I don't think you even need Javante Williams at this point. Um, Touch on that, Jesse. That's a whole other thing. (laughs) Okay, then I'll end it there. Then. (laughs) Plus, what do you think of Gio? Oh, and also, Uh, didn't he fumble in the Washington game, the playoff? Yeah, I think that's what Ken was mentioning. Yeah. Well, he also did in the Bears game as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Right before the half, it was thirteen-seven on like the twenty-five-yard line, and then Foles next pass throws into the end zone, makes it fourteen-thirteen after we were up thirteen to zero with like a minute 30 left right yeah yeah i mean uh gio bernard i I think it's a uh it's a it's a smart you know veteran pickup again he's a guy that he can come in he can catch the football he can get first downs uh i think he is gonna just he's basically an upgrade over LaShawn mccoy and what they wanted from him and i i think he's just gonna add another element he can be that pass protector like ken said on on third downs if need be um, so I, I think he'll be very comfortable in this offense, and I think it's a good addition. Yeah, my thing is, will he be used as much as LaShawn McCoy was, which is like damn near nothing? Nothing. <laughs> I, I think his usage – I mean, his usage rate I think will be – I mean, it's just depending on the situation. I mean, how they – you know, how the running the other running backs play as well. You know, I think that's going to be a big factor. If if Rojo takes that next step and he's – better in pass protection and he's and he's more consistent catching the football and he's got an opportunity to really you know take the higher percentage of snaps um but it's so it really it's going to be competition um i really think there's no spot given uh, we're just gonna have to wait and see but it can't hurt to add a guy like Gio bernard who is you know c- at least you know what you're getting from him he's consistent he can catch the ball he can pass protect run it if need be as a as a change of pace back um so yeah, I mean, I like the room. I like the four backs that they have now. Oh no, no doubt. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at Rojo's first year, how bad that was. People thought he was a bust, and then his second year, third year, look what he turns into. We're not saying that's what Keyshawn Vaughn's going to turn into. I can easily tell you, like I think all of you agree, Keyshawn Vaughn's hands are way better than Rojo's will ever be. So, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I mean, y'all, y'all had the best source ever a couple weeks ago with uh, Max Brown. I mean, he mm. he told you flat out, where you can't catch. <laughs> I mean, he's made strides, and you know, he spent. Okay, think about that. He spent years working on that, and he, Rojo kind of still is where he's at. Yeah, or don't get me wrong. He's a great athlete, great at what he yeah. does. Running the ball, he's a great runner of the ball. Yeah. yeah, it's a difference between him and Lenny. Him and Lenny running the ball, I don't even want to compare. Mm-hmm. It was gross the season. It was just gross to see. But yeah, okay. So mm-hmm. with that, yeah, and a lot of people were saying like you were touching on Geo adds pass protection and really good hands. Yeah, like you said, situational back. Let's see yeah. with all the injuries. I mean, Fournette was hurt how long last year? Then Rojo yeah. with his finger. I mean, you never know. You never know when you're needed running back like that. And I think in terms of usage, I think you'll see a little bit more than McCoy, but McCoy was also featured in a couple games. Like Minnesota, for instance, 
that game was LaShawn McCoy's best game of the year. And then early on in that Saints game week one, he was featured a little bit more than what uh, he was probably aiming or supposed to, uh, the coaching staff was aiming to do. Um, so Gio, I think he's just going to have that role. If the Bucks are up 14 to nothing early, which I mean, unless BA or Leftwich wants to call play action more often in the first quarter. Um, but if, if the Bucks are up early, I mean, Gio might not play, which is a great problem to have. So Bucks run the ball early. You know, I, I don't think this is going to be that explosive on an of offense from a week to week basis. I think they're going to run the ball down a lot of people's throats. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to help us stay healthy. Yeah. yeah, very well. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it's a hot take. I, I think they very well could be a much better running team than they were last year. I think the offensive line gelling, um, you know, being back as you know, pretty much the starting five is going to be back. I mean, Kappa most likely will return as a starter, um, and you hope he, his game takes another level like it did last year. Uh, same with the the rest of the group. Tristan Wirfs getting better. I don't know if that's possible, but I mean he can get better. So <laughs> it'd be just it's just crazy. Imagine uh, if he does. Oh my goodness. My I God. Mean, he's an all pro last year. Uh yeah. I mean, there's not much more he can do, but you know, he can get stronger and bigger always. You know, I think that's a you know possibility. So um I think but, that, that uh, was my biggest thing I learned from the draft last year, plus is um, when we're looking at the draft, my mind last year is I want to tackle, but I want someone who could replace Donovan Smith. Mm. Sometimes you just don't need that. Just fill in holes with really good players. The Bucks don't have any holes right now, but you can still add some really good players. Oh yeah. No, do that. No, no do doubt. That. No doubt. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that, I think that's where they're going to do. And, and Mark, before we go on to like the, the next topic, let's, let's just like, in this now, let's in the debate. All right, Ken, help me out to end this. Uh-oh. If the Bucks take Landon Dickerson at 32, that's a great pick, right? That's a great I, pick. I Come fucking on now. love you, plus, 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 plus. Let me tell you. Uh-huh. I, I, Mark, I like Landon Mark is Dick- not all about I, it. He, he, okay, Mark, allow me to help you a little bit. So I didn't like Landon Dickerson. I mean, okay, I liked him, but I didn't love him at 32. You know, he has the ACL. But did you watch Alabama's Pro Day at all? This man was doing flips and handsprings in the background. This man is athletic AF. He can play minimum three positions on the offensive line. If Kappa does what Pless is talking about and has a really good year, sorry, he's getting priced out. We can't play for $10 million linemen. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just simple as that. And if, you know, Jensen were to leave, you know, you kind of have two holes there as well. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to work out. And Dickerson, if you put on the 2019 tape, I mean, he's stud. And from everything I hear, he loves football. I mean, he's kind of like a Najee in terms of the interview game. Not That's the only thing about Najee that's pushing him over the top for me in terms of at least considering him. Like when you tell um, basically uh, Todd McShay to like go F off, I mean, you're, 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 one, you're A in my book. That just drops, that adds you a whole another letter grade to your, your final grade. But Dickerson just is one of those guys that, I mean, I think he's a better version of what Ryan Jensen can offer in the long term as a center. And I think he has the flexibility to play a very good guard in the NFL. Mm. He's kind of like the opposite of what Ali Marpet is. I think center is his natural position, whereas guard was um, Ali's natural Mm. position. But Dickerson, if you put him at guard, I think he can play adequate and probably better than what Jensen even played last year when he filled in in the Panthers game when 
um, once his face was at center is now a coach, um, like yeah, Shipley. Yep. Shipley when Sh- AQ mm-hmm. was playing center. Um, I think he can offer a lot again. It, that comes down to, are you playing the long game? Or are you playing the short game? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Dickerson could be at least, you know, an eight to 10 year starter in the NFL at center. Um, but it depends kind of how you feel about Jensen. If they are going to give him a Donovan Smith extension, I'm not sure you do it. I think you go for one of those tackles who can play guard and then just kind of play the Earl Watford game at center is kind of how I would mentally attack it. But in terms of a prospect, Dickerson is one of, I mean, Plus said that to me a week ago or two weeks ago, whenever he was on with us and uh, Gene. And I just, he flipped the switch on me. So shout out to you, Plus. Thank you. Case closed. All right, Mark, let's go on to the next topic. <laughs> no, 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 no. So before yeah. we do this, listen, if we want to know more, we have a film study of him. All the, everyone in the chat, check him out. But let's, let's start with this. This is my takeaway really quick. In five college football seasons, Dickerson suffered four season-ending injuries, four out of five. So we're going to assume four out of five seasons he's going to get hurt. That's almost every season. Let's be honest. Tore ACL in 2016, missed nine games. Uh, forced a red shirt by an ankle injury in 2018, another torn ACL in 2020. So you're going to tell me you can take a, a guy that's that injury-prone that often with your first-round pick? And you to can- me, I mean, I think it's the ACLs that are the problem. And I think that's why he was he would be available at 32. And I and Mark, you're completely correct. I mean that that was one of my biggest holdoffs as well. Uh, to me, though, when it comes to him basically allowing to sit him for a year, kind of helps that not in terms of making him you know magically healthy, but giving him a time to make sure he builds muscle, is able to become a little bit more agile protect himself like a little bit more. I think he's going to have better play around him that would be able to help him. Um, because, I mean, Alabama offensive line is like okay and all, but like Dude. it's more so their tackles that are studs um, when it comes to Alabama. So, I mean, there's give and there's take. I mean, like I said, there's so many guys that I would – I mean, I, I'm, I'm the edge guy. I want edge at 32. I want mm-hmm. someone who can replace JPP and – you know, go with check, be a three-man crew, maybe, you know, four down linemen, kick JPP inside, you know, be creative with your rush. I mean, heck, even if, um, I always forget his name, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, if somehow he's there, imagine that guy being your slot, you know, overhang, extra linebacker, um, you know, sub package, like King, you know, doesn't allow you to play as much Sean Murphy bunting, maybe get him a little bit more on the outside. I think you just need to find someone who's either going to, play right away and have a clear and concise role or you have to play the long game in terms of you know i mean i'm going to read off some we have chris godwin jpp ryan jensen adam Kinsuk, rob gronkowski will golston leonard fournette oj howard ronald jones aaron stinney well kevin mentor even though he's a backup carlton davis i mean alex kappa jordan whitehead there's a lot of really good players that, you know, are going to be free agents. And, you know, you can't bring, I think even more so than next year than this year, you can't bring everyone back. Yeah. Um, that's going to be ridiculously hard. So um, I actually did a, a mock draft for Bucks report uh, with Evan. And what I basically, I called it my replacements edition is, you know, who are you going to draft to maybe save 8 million, 9 million on the Dominican Sioux next year? Who are you going to draft to save that 10 to 12 million of JPP next year? Who are you going to draft to save that eight to ten million for Alex Kappa next year? 
And I think Landon Dickerson at the end of the day would help you save that eight to 10 million on Alex Kappa. But again, I'm so open at 32, except for the running back position, which we'll obviously get to at some point. I mean, I'm not even a, if, if the right quarterback's there, I don't think you take Mon. I don't think you take Trask. If the Bucks do that, I'm kind of out in terms of, okay, this guy isn't even going to see the field for two, three years. If that, I don't think the Bucks are going to do that. Um, so, I mean, with the exception of quarterback and running back, heck, if they even took like a Rondale Moore, I'm not going to be mad. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's so many ways the Bucks can go about it. And I think at the end of the day, I would be okay. <laughs> But if they take like Jalen Phillips at 32, I mean, we're, we're going streaking. Like I'm, I'm going to be super excited. I'm going to be Will Ferrell from old school. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be super ecstatic. I just don't think Jalen Phillips is going to be there. Um, but there's so many ways that, and you don't know who's going to fall too. I mean, Jalen Phillips has his own, uh, you know, concussion history. He quit, he quit football for six months or a year. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. It all depends on who's there. Just be happy if they get a good guy at 32, right. which if all these quarterbacks are going to go, I think someone's going to be there. And I think we're all going to be happy at the end of the day. But, well, but no, anyway, so, anyway, 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 open another can of worms. Mute button. I'll hit it right now. <laughs> so Landon Dickerson, <laughs> fantastic player. Fantastic. I love it. Tenacity. You're right. Jensen in a nutshell. Possibly could be better. I don't know. I mean, Jensen does a pretty damn good job. But yeah, I just, I'm not going to take him first round. Second round, okay. But even, even that, like, I would take what him. What if the Bucks well. traded up from the second round into, let's say, the middle or beginning of second round? What if they moved up? I'm okay with that. Because actually, plus, okay. we did that in yeah. the mock draft recently. Well, yeah, I, I think he should go around like the 40 ish range just because of his injury. One second. That's me personally. Uh-oh. One second. I, I didn't say we were exactly taking a guy at 32. I think we're going to trade out of the pick. And if we do trade out of the pick and trade down, then Landon Ooh. Dickerson, he's got to be that here's, guy. Here's the discussion for you all that a lot of people aren't talking about. You guys are great football minds, so I want to hear your opinions. If you trade out of 32, let's say you trade back. Mm-hmm. What is 2020? once third round and fourth round picks that you're going to get for that pick really going to do for you. I think the move is to trade up in round Mm. two or three, you know, because I don't think there's going to be that many roster spots for eight draft picks in general. And, you know, light with the exception of Scotty Miller, not really doing much on day three. Let's just be real. Um, And even then, like, I mean, take some skill guys. Then you like, you, you just take guys who can be special teams players at that point. So I think if you're going to get, you know, top 50, top 60 picks, I think you can, if you can get three of them, I think that's a win. So whoever it may be, my biggest fan, if you're going to trade down, I want a 2022 second round pick. So I want what the Colts got a couple of years ago for Dwayne Haskins. I want, you know, even if that's to like, let's say New England's pick, let's say Kyle Trask fell and that, that was their guy. They preferred her over Mac Jones and they want the fifth year option. I mean, that's the type of deal that Belichick would do. Mm. And I mean, that's, I want the 2022, like I said, second round pick more than I want a 2023 third, for instance. How do y'all feel about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm all for either. I'm, I'm good. If they want to trade up, like you said, I mean, you do have a max roster. So, you know, if you want to, you know, maximize getting a, a top talent and you see a guy that's falling, maybe it's a Jalen Phillips at like 26 and you didn't go up and go get him. I'm good with that. 
Um, if they do trade down, then I'm okay, you know, getting extra picks and then using those picks to move back up, whether it's into the second round or third round um, and, and maximize it that way. So it's really all options are on the table. I just love Landon Dickerson. I'm sorry to give you guys a hard time, but I, I think he would be an excellent pick. You know, screw the injuries. I don't care about it. I think he's going to be fine. You know, OJ Howard's injured every year and, you know, we talk about him too. So it's like, you know, whatever. Well, I think the fifth year option is key for him in the sense that, I mean, think about it like OJ and Vita, because they weren't Pro Bowl caliber players, they're not going to get the escalators. Like Vita Vey is going to be ultra cheap next year, mm -hmm. which is going to be fantastic. I mean, OJ, even for a tight end, the fifth year option isn't that bad. And I think the fifth year option for a center, even in five years, probably won't be that bad either. So, that's that's where I think that fifth year option. I think if you're going to take Dickerson, you take him at 32, just because you have that little bit extra protection. Uh, but or I mean, you can like you said move back, you know. But then you have a Ronald Jones situation where it's I mean, not a running back, but you you know you only have four years, so it's you yeah. have to you have to be ready to pay him after year three. I'm surprised they haven't even locked down Carlton Davis even at this point, right? Um, because if he has another good year. Him hitting the market, it's just not even going to be fair. The Bucks wouldn't be able to afford it unless they pretty much just lock down him and Godwin and let, you know, the Whitehead of the world, Jones, Howard, Fournette, Golston. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of names if you're going to keep Carlton Davis. So, mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's another point, cornerback. What if they took a corner at 32? Is there any guys that you would like if if they're there? Also, mm -hmm. I had to put out these little medical things. Like, Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. He's gonna drop. He'll he'll fall to sixty four. We'll get him then. It's fine. If he get if he drops to sixty four, that's that's a dub. I mean, yeah. I think you run you run that pick in. Yeah. I mean, he won't make it past fifty five to Pittsburgh. But anyway, uh, we did get a. Uh, <laughs> we well, if you a, move up, like let's say ten picks from the second round, I think that only costs you like a fourth rounder, which we're okay giving up. Mm -hmm. I don't think a fourth rounder is really gonna make this roster per se. So might Maybe. might be worth moving up ten spots, ten spots. To be yeah. there. Yeah. Quick shout out to Fukurab. We oh. appreciate that. The the super chat. Thank, thank you so much, man. Um, glad you're in here. So hope you're enjoying it. All right. So actually, since we're at the midway point, let's also give the our, our sponsor a little shout out as well. Guys, mm -hmm. you guys know we've been talking about it for a while now. So Symbol, the stock market for sports, really cool app. I mean, literally, you're trading your own favorite sports team. So if you want to know what it is, <laughs> Sports betting is rigged in favor of the sports books. Symbol is a long-term market to eliminate sports books edge and give you back the upper hand. You can trade teams like stocks and earn cash every time your team wins. How does that work? Find your favorite team a la the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hashtag going for two. Earn win payouts. What does that mean? When you have the Buccaneers, they win 17-0. They go undefeated. You get a 50 cents per share that you own. And then it's a trade teams like stock markets type of deal. Buy low, sell high. Literally 24-7, 365 a year. If you want to know more, just click that little play button. Watch it on YouTube. I mean, you're watching us on YouTube. Might, might as well hit that play button. Other than that, really cool app. We got to know the the owner of all this. I mean, he he's really into it too, really animated. He's a Packers fan, so he, he didn't like us very, very much. But hey, it's a Buccaneer show. Let's keep going on. So let's get to the question that I know Ken's going to love. Oh God. I got to go scroll back up. I got to scroll all the way back up. Where is this? Oh, here it is. Buck Squad Podcast. It. What's, on what round will we target a running back now with Geo in the fold? Third or later? 
someone also even said, do we look at one at 32? What prospects do you like in that range? So initially that's a loaded question, man. I guess just do you do you think we even look at a running back then? Let's put it let's make it easier. I think if the right guy is in the third round, I don't think I mean, it depends on kind of how you feel about Vaughn. I mean, Vaughn, if you take a guy in round three, it probably means he's you're not thinking too highly of him. Um, but I think they might throw a day three guy in there. You know, injuries happen, especially at the running back position. You know, maybe a practice squad, you know, sixth, seventh round guy. Um, you know, I nicknamed Snoop Dogg McPlaybook. I hate Joe Bucks fan, but when they called um, what's his Jeremy McNichols that I, mm-hmm. I just can't not think of him when I, you know, hear that name. Um, so someone like that, you know, someone who could carve like a special, like a Dario Goomba Wale, like mm-hmm. if they're going to target a guy like that's day three guy, like they take a round five to round seven, eh, whatever. Like, like I said, the day three guys probably aren't even going to make this roster to begin with, mm-hmm. but I think that's, that's where you just take a shot on someone. I mean, you never know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, late round guys, I mean, we've done studies on like Kylan Hill, who could be a potential late round prospect that maybe you bring in, um, you know, Demetric Felton might fall because of his size concerns. And, well, and his athleticism concerns. Yeah, because it's I've not a, very I've, fast. I've heard a lot of, you know, national, I mean, that's my thing is I listen to podcasts. So like that, mm-hmm. so many national guys that I listen to are saying he might even go undrafted. And I think if he's an undrafted guy, I think the Bucks would be wise just to, you know, give him a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also a guy you could just target date or, you know, round six, round seven, just right. someone who can just come in, maybe find a role, mm-hmm. you know, play, even just play someone on, you know, spe- or pretty practice squad, you know, play someone on heck, maybe even returner. Yeah. I mean, that's someone I think the Bucks should target, you know, around, you know, day three, you know, get, get yourself a returner. Or if you get like a Rondale Moore, you know, if that's what they want. Um, I'm curious why they haven't, or maybe it's on a B side, why they haven't resigned a B, mm-hmm. but um, running back. I mean, I don't think running, but like I said, I think they're going to run the ball a lot just during the season. Cause I think they're going to have, you know, good amount of leads. We played the NFC and AFC East. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's like six games right in there where I think they're just going to run the ball and be successful. And then you just run some play action, not do too much. But I think when the postseason comes, it's going to be, you know, explosion, you know, putting up 30 points a game, kind of like we did at the end of the year last year. Uh, our entire win streak, there wasn't one game where the Bucks scored under 30. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, running back's great, but, you know, if so, if if you told me, like, let's say Rojo got hurt, if you told me we couldn't find someone on the street, like, probably, I mean, there's going to be more cuts. That's what people, I think, don't fully get. Yet. Because in a normal year, I mean, like Leonard, playoff Lenny, you know, got cut. I think a lot of teams are going to make cuts. And I think running back's going to be one of those positions. I mean, we even seen like guys like Todd Gurley not even be signed yet. Yeah. There's so many running backs still on the market. So, James I, yeah, James, James Conner yeah. still a free agent. Yeah, he's visiting with Arizona. So, God, why why are they so high on running backs right now? <laughs> I don't know. And, and they then still they oh, no, John they, Gruden. They lost uh, Kenyon Drake, did they? Oh, they lost. Okay, that's that's what I was thinking. So yeah. no, John Gruden's the one who picked up Kenyon yeah. Drake. Yeah. My goodness, thank yeah. God he's not on the staff we, we are blessed we have ba yeah i mean my, my take on running back i think Demetric felton i think what because he ran a 4 6 40 mm. you're like oh slow he's a piece of crap i mean <laughs> like, like well, yeah if you're first second day draft pick it's because your physicality you're you're at the top okay there's a reason why you're getting drafted that hot after that day three either 
it is because you have athletic traits or you fit a niche in, in the league. Mm-hmm. If you have hands that good. You're a wide receiver playing running back. You can fit in. You, you're that third down back. You're that I can pick out, pick down, pick up a third down. I think he has a huge, tremendous value in some running back room, some team, a la Patriots, 49ers, things like this, or Eagles, areas like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't see us taking them now based on that. I mean, like you just said, how much more running backs can you add to this room? Maybe if he's a specialist, like you said, special teams, a returner, that's an area we don't have anyone at. Right. Or even like he- a gunner. Yeah, any yeah. any sort of like because we don't have Ryan Smith anymore, right? Yeah. So if you can find a special is in that, get in where you can fit in, and then eventually take over. Because yeah, I I'm with you guys. I don't think Fournette is back next year, and mm-hmm. I don't even think Rojo's back. I know that right. that's going to hurt some people. But, I mean, <laughs> we just don't value paying him. I think Keyshawn Vaughn's just waiting for his time. Mm-hmm. I think if any times the draft a running back first round, I think it's next year. If I'm right. going to be quite honest, because I think yeah. that's like the final year or two of Brady, you know, you, you, if you make magic happen and push off contracts, get, you know, some of those names that I named off back, you know, then, you know, you only have Keyshawn Vaughn in the backfield. Then if you shore up and you keep, let's say 20 out of 22 starters, you know, then it's like, okay, well, running back is looking pretty good right there. Mm. Just take it, you know, and I'm sure there's going to be someone I don't even what I, the way that I scout is, I mean, it gets harder and harder each year. And it's harder when you win the Super Bowl because I'm behind. I normally do a top 100 this, like every year. So I basically pick and choose players based off, you know, cons- local and, you know, wide stream like consensus. Because um, I just want to be able to, you know, sharpen my own football knowledge, especially of the late guys. Um, I'm not the guy you talk to about, uh, you know, day three guys. That That's where you two put on the work and you all are my resources. <laughs> so because, I mean, I... It take these these guys take so long to scout. Um, I'm only on the top 70 right now. Normally at this time, I'm 100 and I'm chilling. I'm playing with the mock draft machines and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Yeah. But I mean, you can only pick and choose. And I think this year, especially with the Bucks going in so many places, it's hard to really pinpoint. Like last year, I mean, I basically spent 60% of my time studying the top 100 prospects solely on tackles. Mm-hmm. Day one, day two tackles. Yeah. Like, and this year it's so wide open. It's hard to really narrow down where the bucks are going to go. And like I said, right. I'm at 70 out of top 100. I'm trying to get the hundred, you know, we have three weeks left in before the draft or two and a half at this point. Is it two, two and, and a half? half? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. I'm losing time and I'm losing sleep, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's so much, you know, quality stuff that, you know, you all put out and there's so many, you know, great resources for everyone. You don't have to just work, work rely on the Todd McShays, the Mel Kuypers. If you do that, right. I think honestly you're they, doing it wrong. They talk a lot of, yeah, a lot of nonsense. And, and uh, I don't think they t- watch tape. I, I no. really don't think they watch. <laughs> they, I think they, they maybe they watch some full college games or like, okay, you know, they take notes because that's kind yeah. of what, when they talk, I get that vibe from them because they only like, when I talk, I mainly talk about the top 100 guys. I rarely hear them talk about anyone not top 100 and maybe they throw out like, you know, on a podcast or on Mm. ESPN, some day three, you know, studs that are probably round four picks. Yeah. Like they, they don't know the draft inside and out. Like, you know, you guys do the draft network. There's so many good resources. They have a lot of video packages already geared up, but uh, Mark will tell you, I I found Ryan Smith and I still take credit for that because, because I wrote a, wrote an article on him. He was, I was, out on him way early and the bucks ended up taking him. So I always give more crap about that, that I am the better scout when it comes to day three. 
Um, Mark is probably the better one when it comes to early guys. He's pretty good on that. He 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 nails it. But uh, I have a question for both of you while mm -hmm. we're on this topic. Who who is one guy that you knew and identified, and the Bucks took, and that was your guy? Uh, Vita Vea. Boom! Right there. Yeah, Vita Vea both all day. You? Vita all oh, see, we, we need to have a talk about this. Like <laughs> Vita for me, I I liked Vita because him and him and White I think have a, on film a lot of similarities in the sense that their highs are as high as anyone else, mm. but there was a lot of inconsistencies. Mm. So at first, I mean, I wasn't a Derwin James guy, for instance, for Vita, and I, you know, I was actually for Devin White. I was I was a Josh Allen guy. Mm. Um, I, I've I've uh, done my apology tours with Gene. He he got his for Ryan Suckup. Mine's for Devin White because man, would he play in the playoffs? Uh, for me, it was actually Mike Edwards um, mm -hmm. because, like I said, I was a Josh Allen guy watching that Kentucky defense. Mm -hmm. um, I think Jordan Whitehead is great, and I think in a sub linebacker role, I think even more so for other teams than the Bucks, I think he could really excel. Um, but to me, Mike Edwards was that guy who could do a little bit. He's not Antoine Winfield as a center fielder, but he's a pretty darn good center fielder but he can also come down in the box mm -hmm. and maybe not lay Jordan Whitehead's wood, but you know, lay good enough to make someone know that like he's there. Um, so when they took him round three, I mean, I loved him and Dean, honestly, that draft more than I did Devin white. And I got a lot of shit for that mm -hmm. whole lot of shit. Yeah. But I mean, Mark will tell you, we, we weren't high on Devin white either. I mean, it's oh, uh, really, who was your guy that you wanted? Was you were you at Oliver we, guys? Were we you? really, I mean, we liked Ed Oliver. I mean, we really wanted them to trade down and, and just pick up Devin Bush. We thought Devin Bush oh, was Devin the better, yeah, was the better wow. linebacker than, value. than yeah, value. And we thought, you know, if, if you could trade back, we could probably still pick up Devin white, but so you guys weren't Cleveland Farrell guys. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. No, I remember being at the stadium and go, what a bunch of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> no, so there was these stories that Mike Mayock would go out to dinner with like his daughter mm -hmm. and he would have the, his scout notebook with him for the draft that year. And he would have it under lock and key. The Raiders <laughs> kicked all of the scouts out of their facility. Yeah. Great story. I forgot. Maybe Daniel Jeremiah, someone was talking about this because he's really close with Mike because of the NFL network stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently they were under lock and key and everything. No one could have guessed who their pick was going to be. And let me tell you, they were right because it was Cleveland <laughs> Farrell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that was a, that was a fun year. I mean, we were high on Quinn and Williams. We love Quinn and Williams. Yeah. There was um, no way he was going to be there though. Right. I'm glad that he's finally playing up to his snuff because that right. first year for him was rough. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to, he's going to be in a better scheme now. Hmm? I'm sorry. Oh, Mark. Yeah. He was picked right before us, right? That's why we traded down. He was picked two or three. He was picked three. We didn't three. trade down. We, yeah, we Cleveland stayed at five. was four. Yeah, and we stayed yeah. at five for time. I thought you were talking about Quinn Nelson draft. Oh, oh Quinn Nelson. That was um, that was Vita Vea. Vita Vea. Yeah. That's where we. Oh, if if we got Quinn, Quinnen was my guy that draft. Oh, yeah. If we if we got him, I mean, I thought he was so good that you could play him at left tackle. Right. I'm just gonna mm. be honest. Mm. We had a list of like five elite players. And yeah. we were right behind all of them. It was in there, and like I was like, even if they got tough. Saquon, I wouldn't have been mad. I thought Saquon was that good. I mean, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I think he is one of the few guys that you take given our. I mean, think of how we were in 2018. Like, I think he could have done a really good job. Mm. Maybe make Dirk Cutter actually look a little bit better. Yeah. But everything worked out. I think we got the most valuable player. Mm in that draft. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, yeah, Vita Vega yeah. coming back, that, that was a game changer, man. Yeah, huh. Vita was fun. So, I mean, to, so to me, this thing, the draft, it's always fun. Whoever's predicting what's going to happen in 32, get out of here. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna know. No one's gonna Unless know. your name's Adam Schefter. I mean, <laughs> you get that correct, you should have already played the lottery like every day because that's mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. I mean, if you're expecting us to say who it's going to be, that's why we're putting out so many guys out there just to, just to get around the ballpark. Hopefully, mm-hmm. who how the hell do we know Tristan Wirfs is going to get drafted? I don't know. Last year, we just knew he was going to be a tackle. That's our need we had, so we looked at it. This you year, remember all the people who said he was going to be a guard? <laughs> I knew he was going to be a tackle. It's just based on athleticism, but I guess they just didn't coach him up well at all. Mm-hmm. His, his tape in college was not the greatest. He was very loosey-goosey, like, would get beat inside a lot. Literally, mm-hmm. he night and day. It was night and day different. Yeah. Crazy how good he got. Shaq and JPP will do that for you. So it's true. <laughs> That's something people don't talk. And also, I mean, Sue even sometimes plays a five. Right. I mean, he's, so going, he's going against up. probably three of like the different kinds of skill sets you need to be able to go up against. And doing right. that for literally three months is kind of helpful. Actually, no, forgot COVID offseason. You only had like a month, which makes right. it more impressive. <laughs> yeah. With Dude's no a stud. Pads. Yeah. Dude's a stud. But yeah, Vito Veo was, uh, that was a fun one. We were on him, I think. Yeah. early December, January, we put, you know, we put out an article on him. It was one of our Shit. biggest, it was our biggest articles yeah. ever. Um, and yeah, I mean, we were so ecstatic when he was the pick. Um, we traded back and I was like, Mark, we're taking Vita Vea. And he was like, no, we're not. I was like, yes, we are. So do you and, guys scout during the season? Uh, we try, we try to, I mean, um, this, this past year, no, it's I'll be many- honest okay. Yeah, this past yeah, year COVID now. made everything's weird. Yeah, yeah, but we I'm definitely... asking because it, it's hard for me to scout mm. college during the year just because I don't want to be. I, I don't. I'm lucky to not have a college affiliate. I mean, I went to Bucknell. Mm. It's not like I went to you know Florida Gators, you know mm. Florida State. Like I went to Bucknell. Like I don't have yeah. that big of a college, so it makes me I think a little bit easier to watch college games. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I don't know what y'all's you know college affiliation is, but. Uh, yeah. During the season, it's so hard to scout college games, man. Right. Like, yeah. There's you have a lot to really of really be paying attention. Yeah. There's a lot of games going on. You either have to have, you know, a whole room with TVs and you have to have all the games on. You have to do something like that. But yeah, it's definitely a process. Um, but yeah, the, the whole, the whole scouting, I mean, this, this, what we're doing now is, uh, it's just really fun. I think we're really well, enjoying your system it. works. And I, I, yeah. I don't want to tell you both as a fan. I mean, even before I was on with Gene, I used to like watch mm-hmm. your guys' stuff. I mean, yeah. what you guys do is top tier in the NFL community, let alone the Bucks community. And I just want to make Appreciate sure that, that. You both do that because I'm sure you get that in the comment section a bunch. But yeah. um, I mean, I'm a I'm as fan a big a fan of you guys as I am pretty much anyone else because if there's a day three guy like I said that I don't know anything about, I trust you mm-hmm. two. And yeah. to me, that it takes a lot to earn my trust when it comes to football because a lot <laughs> of people throw out a lot of nonsense. Oh yeah, well, yeah let me tell a- you. There's a lot of nonsense and we, and we try to cut that out. It's all about, you know, it's, it's trying to put, you know, the logic in there and, and, you know, sometimes you put some nonsense in there, but usually that's Mark's side, but you know, we, we, <laughs> we, what? It what? is on purpose too. The nonsense. Yeah. 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 It's all fun. It's all fun. And, uh, that's, you know, that's why we're a good team, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, wouldn't have it either, you know, any other way, uh, it's a way to scout. So, um, yeah, glad you guys are enjoying it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. 
All right, yeah. so let's keep going down the road. So let's see. So Praj P, he's late to the. Oh man, AB's biggest fan. Right, this is yo man. Yeah. Why playing Bernard? Yeah. Not playing AB. <laughs> he well, loves Antonio. AB Brown. apparently has an offer out there. Yeah, I mean it can't be for much because obviously he hasn't signed it. But what other offer does he really have at this point? And you have a court date in December, man. That's right before the playoffs. What what Seattle team is gonna send you an offer like that in general? Because mm. Seattle, I mean, they're about to lose Russell Wilson at this point. That's why they're yeah. I mean, Wilson. <laughs> and that's that's what Russell Wilson wants, and they still aren't offering him. So that tells you what other teams think about AB. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think AB is just waiting, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for the business. best offer. I mean, there's no, there's no rush. Business is a business. Yeah, that's a great comment. So, yeah, I, I think he's just waiting out, and maybe he just wants to, you know, sign when training camp rolls around, and you know, maybe miss out on, you know, off season work. I don't know. I don't think there's going to be off season work. Right. I think they're going to so. go whole. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at least play. Tag. I mean, that's what I call uh, <laughs> seven on seven, but like yeah. play tag, like offensive linemen, like that's the time where you get to chum it up, like offensive line, like dinners, like in high school and college. Like mm-hmm. that's what I remember most about my experiences. So, like those guys, I mean, you, I mean, being around linemen, like they're weird. They're like kickers. They're like weird dudes. <laughs> weird dudes. Like kickers yeah. and punters don't go to meetings. They just they hang around in the locker room. They play weird games. Offensive linemen play weird games. We're always doing weird stuff. Like, I mean, that I I want that chemistry. That more so mm. than I want whatever they do on the field. Because I think as we saw in the playoffs, I mean, this team is still even far from its potential. Right. So I just want any sort of chemistry to be locked in. And hopefully, you know, shout out to Berkeley Prep. Hopefully they have some more more things going on. And right. uh, if I ever hear anything, I'll let y'all know. Sounds good. Oh yeah. yeah, but also, so I mean, so they were asking about, or still, Prospect's really pushing for AB. I mean, we mentioned <laughs> multiple, multiple shows about saying, I mean, you're slowing the development of Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. Yes, AB is valuable for what he does, especially if you're going to go for that going mm-hmm. for kind of thing. But it's yeah. like, I mean, it's, it's insurance. Yeah, it's insurance. But it's like, do you think Godwin and Evans get hurt yet again? Same way they did. Oh, I yeah, no, I think this. I think you're going to look more probably at trench injuries. I think is if you're going to play the law of averages. Yeah, I guess. Whether that be offensive or defensive. Leonard Dixon crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, even like, I mean, when was the last time Sue got injured in his career? Like, I mean, JPP, something pops up preseason every year. It seems now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you really never know. Um, but I'm just playing the law of averages. Maybe it's, you know, running back. Maybe it's offensive line. Maybe it's, I mean, safety got got the bug last year, but maybe it's cornerback mm-hmm. next year. Right. I mean, everything finds a way to even itself out in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Oh, God. I knew you were going to bring up that on me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a that, That's a great, great meme, though. That's a fantastic yeah. meme. No, oh. he, he's retired. He's not coming back. I just had to. Well, he's not going to play slot. And I mean, people don't realize that Edelman plays more outside, even in New England, even when Tom was there, than mm-hmm. he does as a slot receiver. But he ain't playing outside or slot in our system. I mean, if he was, you know, AQ Shipley and came down here to coach, bring him home. Mm-hmm. Like, bring him in. If he wants to sign for $1 million, bring him in. 
because at that point, I mean, but you're not giving him five million dollars. You're not, no. you know, you're not, you know, you're not sacrificing. I think AB. I think we're a stronger team with Scotty Miller as the number three receiver. Mm-hmm. But I think Scotty and Tyler Johnson watching AB on the field and in the film room. I'm strictly on the field, not talking off the field. Right. Strictly on the field makes them better receivers because we saw the difference between an Antonio Brown out route versus a Justin Watson out route last year. Hell. One's a completion for 10 to 12 yards, and the other one's a pick six twice. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he didn't play after that. Um, but yeah, no, those are great points. I, I'm. I'm in the boat. Like if AB's back, AB's back. If he's not, you know, it's okay. Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson are going to take that next step and, and be just fine. Um, but yeah, a lot of good stuff in the chat. I, I think, you know, I see some trade up options. I like it, you know, going for, you know, like we talked about either uh, Jalen Phillips or even Aziz Ojulari. I would love if we, if we could trade up for that guy. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting scenarios. Um, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm still hoping for Landon Dickerson, but I don't, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to get off that train. I know, I know, Mark, I know, I know, I know. As long as three of our first four picks are trenches of any sort or even front seven for the defense, I would be happy because I think those are the places that you just need to replace talent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it be Landon Dickerson, I mean, there's a, this is a strong yeah. tackle class, but it's also a strong tackle the guard class. So it's whoever they decide. And I trust Light at this point. I think Light mm-hmm. got a bad rap um, you know, with Mike Smith and Dirk Cutter. Um, but I think what we've seen with Light is he works with his staff to get them what they want, except mm-hmm. for Vita Vea. I think that was his fuck you to Dirk Cutter and Mike Smith. <laughs> Pretty much. Because he didn't fit shit. Because <laughs> yeah. Dern wouldn't fit either, but yeah. I don't Vita did not fit a four three, you know, <laughs> right. soft right. coverage defense that's not what he's there for yeah so yeah yeah no exactly right and you know there was a i think there was a question earlier in the chat about um you know basically <laughs> yeah there you go oh, man john john is on it john is on it i love it but there's a question you know there's a question about caleb farley and um you know his injury history and if he falls to 32 by some miracle i mean it's hard to pass up someone like that you know i think you take him um too many you corner know, needy teams. Yeah. Do you take that risk? You know, even with the back injury, you know, maybe it's more, I mean, obviously he's more talented than uh, a Landon Dickerson and he plays a more premium position. So there you go right there. Yeah. And it again, taking with 32 to alleviate the Davis Dean SMB dilemma. What is it really a dilemma though? Well, yeah, I don't just think it's, con- dilemma. it's just contracts. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. Carlton's coming up next year. Do you, I mean, I think they're going to resign Carlton, but you know, just adding another talent like that in the cornerback room never, you know, hurts a team. I think that always helps you. So, you know, and it just gives you more flexibility. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, you're going to only keep one of Dean and Murphy bunning when the time comes, you can't, you can't sign them both. And especially, you know, with his class, I mean, mm. he's the Devin white class, right? Like Devin White's the kind of guy who's going to probably sign after year three, year four. Mm-hmm. They're going to give him the Buku money, whether we like it or not. I mean, he's a guy who's basically Levante three years from now is going to be, you know, near the end, if not the end of his career. Devin White's basically, if, if by the time Tom Brady, let's say, wins us another one or two, Devin White might be that Bobby Wagner perennial. 
<laughs> all pro, you know, just off of reputation type of, because I think even now the Devin's getting more national attention than Levante, which I still don't understand, but yeah, yeah. that's why. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Louder he, talks. Well, he, he gets the fumbles that Levante creates, right? Yeah. He's or like, he's... Winfield creates. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But uh, camera, I'll say that. Yeah. He's got the camera look, I guess. He rides mm-hmm. horse and okay, I need Devin Wright running around or riding a horse pregame to open the season next year. <laughs> let's start a petition. Yeah. Let's make horse. it happen. Him coming out of the tunnel with like a great trophy. style, just coming yeah. out with the trophy in hand. Yes. Oh God, <laughs> I, I would pay all kinds of money to be down in Tampa to see that. Yeah. No, stay away. We need to win. <laughs> no, only playoff game. Okay. Only okay. Get, they beat the Lions 52 to like seven the last time I was in Tampa and they had a Bucks game. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Whatever that score was. <laughs> I'll do. But then again, I think that any team would have beat the Lions that particular day. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Steve Smith disbelief, but <laughs> how has he not been canceled? Uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. They can't find anyone else. They lost all their talent at Info Network. I mean, they lost, you know, Marshall they had Fall. talent. Well, they had some. I mean, Marshall Fall. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Michael Irvin, speaking of talent, became my guy. Did you see those hype talks he was putting during the postseason for well, the yeah, Bucks? I mean, he, he was hyping them up. That's for sure. The one that chose the Bucks. The old. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he was I on was the pirate surprised. ship, and then the the uh, the ship was yeah. going off, and he yeah. and he was surprised and just went. Oh, and I was like, that Irvin, I didn't like you as a player. And I mean, he was actually pretty good in the longest year. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie, but like, I didn't really like, like him that much, but now right. he's probably my favorite NFL network guy yeah. other than like Daniel Jeremiah. But even then mm-hmm. I think he's Daniel Jeremiah is kind of becoming Todd McShay and yeah. uh, Mel Kuyper to me a little bit, because I mean, he got a lot of, he's the guy who won, I think the draft last year because he was on ESPN. NFL Network, mm-hmm. um, ABC, I think was the third network yeah. that hosted were, the draft. He was everywhere. So, but yeah, they did have some talent. I mean, people forget they used to have Adam Scheffner on NFL Network. So, yeah. see, I didn't have a Twitter back then. I couldn't tell yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Scheffner <laughs> used to work for NFL Network, and then he went to ESPN, and they had a, oh, they had I a lot of paid him. yeah, they had a lot of talent back then. Marshall Falk, and they had um, uh, Dion, and you know, obviously, obviously, they left. So that's was I, I Kurt think Warner there. Kurt Warner's still there, but he was, oh, he was okay. a late, he was a recent addition, but, uh, but yeah. Um, anyway, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't like Steve Smith. That's for sure. I think he should not be on the, on the TV, but he's gotten the correct take. I just don't think he has. Yeah. Yeah. He but how can it. you, how can you throw that? I don't, I'm going to call it a tantrum, even though it probably wasn't a tantrum. How can you throw that tantrum on national television? Because remember the NFL, you know, put that game on NFL Network on purpose. Yeah, um, that wasn't on, uh, you know, ABC. Any, I was, I was in Tampa at the time of that Lions game. There was yeah. not on any. I had to pull up my computer, you know, somehow because I had Spectrum that I was able to pull it up and mm-hmm. you know, on my laptop, and then I had to find an HDMI cord to get it in, and be <laughs> able to watch it on a TV. That's yeah. what they did instead of me being in Tampa, being able to watch it mm. like on TV. So they they did that, and then he took that platform to do that. And they, yes, they didn't make him make a public apology, but I think that apology was bullshit. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying terminate his contract, but like that dude should take 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 some time, you know, watch <laughs> some film, then come back. Right. 
maybe they just make him to be the the bad guy, like wrestling or something. Not maybe just the WrestleManias in, in my mind. Ah, oh, like, there it is. Yeah, like oh, he's the bad guy. Let's just make him the bad just scapegoat kind of. Oh, he's yeah. an idiot. what an idiot. Yeah, well, I mean, that means ESPN we can get, does that. Yeah, ESPN. See, I mean, Skip Bayless and um, Stephen Charlotte. A. Smith. Well, yeah. Stephen A. Smith back in yeah. you know first take was built off of Tim Tebow. Them just debating Tim Tebow yeah. was two hours. Yeah. Because yeah. that was well, my senior year of high school when that show like became viral, and every other show it seems like I mean obviously they're skipping Shannon, you know first take yeah. has Max Kellerman now who oh, doesn't yeah. watch actual sports yeah. other than boxing yeah. yet is a Shit. analyst. Yeah, it's um, bad. Stick to boxing, but he doesn't even know boxing. But well, every sports show is that it's it's a debate. It's you know it's mm. producers who create content. I mean Pat McAfee, remember he was on all these ESPN shows, and then they kind of just cut him off. Right, because they realized just talking, you know, sense is not mm-hmm. good for business. No, 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 and that's what sports radio <laughs> does now, and it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, the sports radio here does the same thing, and it's it's just not very good, uh, not good content. That's why you go to Real Bucks Talk. Yeah, absolutely. That's they also pay you... me for my ads. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, but that that's what I'm saying. Like me and Gene, we that's kind of like our movement is to get people to watch you guys watch loose mm-hmm. cannons. Heck, even Pewter Report, even though they report stuff, like they mm-hmm. actually put out quality content. Mm-hmm. Like you have John Leonard, you have these different personalities, you have you two, you have. I mean, the loose cannons. I mean, all you have to do is say ranch around them and you're going to get exiled and you know bath and blue cheese like you know there's there's so many ways in the bucks community to be a fan but also get your knowledge and Mm. i think that's where i think all of our podcasts in general that's where i think we all meet and i Mm. think that's where all i mean we're part of the bucks report family i mean there's a lot of really good content out there that are local that people i mean that people just need to you know get on become part of the community. I mean, there's so many people just on Twitter that you can meet yeah. um, you yeah, know, no through doubt. these different networks. No doubt. Uh, well, man, this has been fun. It's been already an hour already. I mean, it's Gene crazy. says I'm a curse because every time I talk, it's an hour and a half goes by. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine, man. No, it was great. It was great having you on. And uh, again, we went, we went a little long with the Landon Dickerson and that's my fault. I just, I love him that much as a prospect. But that's uh, the kind of stuff we need to talk about, though. I know, and I just like giving Mark a hard time. But uh, uh, can can let everyone know how they can how they can find you. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no, Bucks underscore Barrett on Twitter. Uh, very simple. I try to you know reach everyone the best I can. Um, it's hard to reach out to all of you whenever you all comment on my stuff. But you know, speak to me. You know, talk to me about sports. Like this is what I do. Um, you know, we have a great I mean, bring logic. The, like if you're going to say something, if you're going to come against me, be prepared for me to come back and, you know, put some logic on you. So let's have, let's have a good educated debate. Yeah. Awesome. Man. awesome. Thank you for everything. It was an awesome show. Everyone. Thank you in the chat. Y'all are bringing some heat today and thank you again. Fru Kawab. Awesome. As always. Thank you very much. We're very appreciative on that guys until next Monday. And as always go bucks, go bucks, everyone, everyone have a great night. <laughs>